0: Yeah, there's a thing on there called Hemingway Kits, (laughs) and they handle high-quality balls. (laughs) It's a brand called Hemingway Kits.
1: Hello, and welcome to episode 124 of the Erasable Podcast. I'm Andy Wellflea, and joining me tonight, as always, are Johnny Gamber and Tim Wassum. Hey, guys. Hey, Andy. Hey, Uh, also with us, we have a special guest, uh, live from the far-off uh, dining room in Johnny's apartment. Uh, we're excited to be joined by Jacob Cecil, who's going to talk with us tonight about bullet journaling in pencil. Hey, Jacob. Hi. We're Good happy to have you all. You. Yeah, we're happy to have you on. Um, can you tell us just a, kind of a brief, brief little bit about yourself? Sure. Um,
2: so I'm a, a high school art teacher. I teach art and photography in Howard County, Maryland, and I live, you know, just a block or so away from Johnny here in Baltimore City. Oh, wow. I'm originally from Maryland, um, born and raised in, in Frederick, about an hour west of Baltimore and spent a lot of time in the South and then came back to Baltimore for college where I went to um, MICA as a sculpture major and... uh Got my master's in teaching, and I've been teaching for 13 years now at the same school. Nice. And um, so, as an artist, always you know, obsessed with tools and uh, materials. And it really wasn't, I think, 2017 was in New York for the National Art Ed Conference, and had followed CW Pencils on Instagram, I think, just because it was they have such a great feed. Oh yeah. And a fellow art teacher was like, "Hey, let's we should go down to the pencil store because we got to see that place." And you know, got my little collection of things that I was checking out with, and said I was from Baltimore, and they're like, "Oh, do you know Johnny Gamber? And I was like, "No, of what?" And he's like, "Of a Raceball <laughs> podcast." So that's where I started listening and seeing Johnny in the neighborhood every once in a while um our kids similar age yeah and then it was you know all downhill from there right <laughs> yeah. all the way and the rest <laughs> is
1: history <laughs> uh, as, it, as it happens yeah yeah
0: we just cool. had an enormous play date the kids are all gone gotcha <laughs> i think they're all disappointed
3: cool. well welcome to they, they won yeah, the one thanks for having me yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, cool. So before we uh, dig into uh, the main topic where uh, Jacob's going to kind of tell us about his bullet journey, b- bullet journaling method and philosophy, um, let's do our tools of the trade and our fresh points. So Jacob is our guest. Can you tell us what you are consuming and writing with and writing on?
2: Sure. Um, well, I've been through the many episodes, you know, have that list at the back of my head as you guys are reciting yours. So I, I packed it full. Um, <laughs> I, I have a, about a 40-minute to an hour commute each way in the morning and in the afternoon, so I get lots of podcasting and audiobooks uh, in. Um, so I've been, the last, I don't know, month or so, finished up uh, Moonglow by Michael Chabon, that audiobook, which I read years ago, uh, Cavalier and Clay, and yeah. it's still one of the best books that I've ever read.
3: Love that book. And Yes, yeah. and that Moonglow audiobook is really well done. I, I listened to that as well. He did yeah, a really I, good job. and Because it's, it's him, right? I'm pretty sure. No, no well, the one uh, I had was an actor. Uh, I don't remember now. Was a voice actor of some kind. Because he yeah. has such a distinct voice, I think I would have recognized it. But whoever it was, I thought did a great job. Yeah,
2: no, I think you're right. I think I listened to his, what is it, like Notes on Fatherhood? With no, father, Pops. Pops. Yeah, I think that one maybe is... Oh, him. no. I know. Oh, I, I listened to the... Uh,
3: yeah, he reads Manhood for Amateurs.
2: Yeah, that's what it is. That's what I listen to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that one. Um, and then I just finished Sing Unburied Sing by Jesmyn Ward. And that audio book, you know takes place in, in Mississippi. And it's this young kind of coming-of-age story of this African-American boy dealing with his kind of raised by his grandparents and um there're kind of three narrators that are telling their part of the story and so each part is read by a different voice actor and so the experience of the audiobook was really incredible mm-hmm. um and then I just finished uh 13 minutes to the moon podcast i've been kind of obsessed with the moon landing since the 50th anniversary and you know that kind of history and um, it chronicles like the last thirteen minutes of the actual moon lander um, making its way separating from the command module down to the surface of the moon and, and over like twelve episodes breaks down what went into that over the history of you know the decade in the sixties and
1: That's just so incredible. Cool. Yeah. Jacob did you see the um the USPS stamps for the moon landing?
2: Don't uh, no. I don't think I have. Uh, there's so for used, the anniversary.
1: Yeah, I used them in our uh, to send out plumbago the plumbago order recently. Um, there's a, there's this really beautiful m- metallic paper, and there's one of um, the moon, and there's one with like an astronaut in a spacesuit. They're really beautiful. Crap.
2: I still have my sheets of unused uh, eclipse stamps.
1: Oh, They're those are so good too. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Anyhow, sorry. No, that's all right. That's all right. Um, And then, uh, Tim, you actually got me back into uh, some Wendell Berry. And so I picked up the Summer, Mm -hmm. the World Ending Fire collection. It's timely. And I've been slowly making my way through that. Um, (laughs) And that's kind of a personal, I think, growing up on a farm and a lot of, I've been working on this photo project for the last few years of my own work about that farm and kind of its connection to where I live now, um, in Baltimore, that it's, you know, almost on the same road that I I'm just a few miles from where that road ends in, in Baltimore city. Um, and so I think a lot of his, his words and his thinking about the land and history resonates with me.
3: Very cool. I haven't read that collection yet. I have it on, I got it on Kindle. It was like a daily deal or something on Kindle, which was a little bit of a weird find, but I've, I've been eager to eager to read it.
2: Um, and then I guess writing with and on is, uh, my bullet journal, which is the kind of classic Lightroom 1917 with Mm. one of the little elastic pencil, uh, holders. Got to have one of those. Yeah. My, uh, Blackwing volume 10. And then my pocket notebook is a field notes Yosemite from the national parks with a, um, CW pencil Futura. that's still one of my favorites that I Mm -hmm. constantly find. I'm going back to that pencil.
3: Nice, Nice. All right, Tim, how about you? What are you, what are you doing? I have been, been like reading and listening to a lot of different things, but the main ones, the main thing I've been reading is a book called. So we read on by Maureen Corrigan, who does the book reviews for fresh air. Uh, you probably like heard her name or heard her talk if you ever watched Fresh Air when they have the book reviews. But it's called So We Read On, How the Great Gatsby Came to Be and Why It Endures. So I this was recommended by another teacher at my school and picked it up. And it is just kind of uh, – for anybody who is just a fan of books, I think you'd enjoy it. But, I mean, of course, if you are a fan at all of Gatsby, it's like – it's I mean, it's like crack. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> um, it is – this long like memoir slash behind the scenes look at how the book came to be written and like what was happening in his life throughout. And it like when I first heard it described, I thought it sounded kind of like those boring literary, uh, what do you call them? Like the Norton literary anthology things that have like the, they have a book and then oh, all yeah. the the texts that come with them, like all the different, Essays and things that were written for stupid literary things that nobody reads Um, and and so I was like a little worried but it's actually written uh, it's a really accessible book and it's really entertaining and I was going to read you guys a passage and I think we've we've thrown enough uh, junk around about Hemingway Uh, but I've got I've got another (laughs) another swing. (laughs) <laughs> at uh, at at Papa here. So let let me read you this passage. This is one paragraph. So the uh, the only context you need is that this is before. Um, I believe this is before. No, this is 1936. Uh, he called it his nightmare year, and he was suffering from some pretty severe like failures and depression. Hemingway in particular was appalled by such a public display of weakness from the writer who had once been his famous contemporary. A great believer in toughing out depression with ridicule, Hemingway responded to a glum letter he'd received from Fitzgerald by playfully suggesting that he, Hemingway, could arrange to have Fitzgerald murdered in Cuba so that Scotty and Zelda could collect the life insurance on a roll. (laughs) On a roll, Hemingway further proposed scattering the dead Fitzgerald's innards around significant landmarks of his life, donating, quote, your liver to Princeton Museum, your heart to the Plaza Hotel, and if we can still find your balls, I'll take them via the Ile de France to Paris and have them cast into the sea of Eden Rock. And then he said, Hemingway must have really gotten a kick out of the last image because he concluded this nasty letter with an even nastier poem he'd made up in the punning modernist style of T.S. Eliot and James Joyce. The poem is entitled, Lines to be Read at the Casting of Scott Fitzgerald's Balls into the Sea from oh, Eden Rock.
0: I've read this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've read this out loud while drinking.
3: Uh, yeah. And the, the quote from the poem that, that she points out is, no ripple make a sinking, sinking, sonking, sunk uh thinking sinking sinking so, so pretty savage stuff from uh from Hemingway there but it's a it's a really great book it's it's, it's a really great book about a uh, gatsby and about fitzgerald's life um i'd highly recommend it i have also just started reading nickel boys by colson whitehead ooh nice so i just uh picked that up f- from uh the bookstore last week and because i had read or actually listened to him read a chapter on the New Yorker fiction podcast. He read one of, the, one of the chapters as a as a short, or I guess had published it as a short story in the New Yorker at some point. And so I, I heard him read that and I was like, okay, I got to get it. And so I, I got it and haven't gotten too far into it, but I'm really excited. And I've been listening to a podcast called The Working Songwriter by Joe Pug, who's a songwriter from, uh, he lives in Chicago now. I think he's originally from the DC area. I believe kind of in your neck of the woods sort of, but he's been, he's been a Chicago guy for quite a while now, but he has this podcast where he talks to some really amazing songwriters, especially from the Americana music world and just has these long conversations about, you know, what do they think about art and writing songs and the life on the road and all that stuff. And really, really love it. And lastly, uh, some music I've been listening. I've been obsessed with this Neil Young album called on the beach, and I strongly encourage you guys to Google On the Beach by Neil Young so you can see the horrific cover art. Uh, <laughs> one of the worst album covers I've ever seen, especially for an album that's so good. Like, I'm convinced it would have been a classic album if it wouldn't have had this cover. Uh, oh, th- I like
0: it except for the car.
3: Well, yeah. <laughs> well, even that – so, so the cover, for those of you who are listening, that's all of you because this is a podcast um, – <laughs> The, (laughs) those of you listening at home who aren't the four of us. uh, So it is a scene where Neil Young is in a like canary yellow suit in the background, staring out into the ocean with this like really sort of very seventies lawn furniture, sort of half sunk or kind of sort of sinking into the, into the sand in the foreground. And then there's the tail. What do you call it? The tail light. Of what I don't know what that would be, a old Cadillac or something?
1: Like an old, yeah.
3: Sticking out of it's, the ground and it just makes me cringe every time I look at is it, is I got... it.
1: Is it some sort of a play on like a Beach Boys because like that on the beach um title that's at the top kind of mm-hmm. reminds
3: me of like a Beach Boys or a Carpenter's album or something that like that. That could be. That could be. I, yeah. And yeah. that's when I saw and like I've I've thought about it, he surely knew exactly what he was doing and he did it for some <laughs> reason. Would yeah, but at the same time I'm like dude this would have been a classic album if it wouldn't have had that cover I think it's just like too I don't know it's too grundy looking but the album's awesome so I really really highly recommend it <laughs> this, is, this came out I've talked about The Last Waltz with the band on here several times mm-hmm. before and it's like a really famous Scorsese documentary about it uh, this is the album that he had come out with right around uh, The Last Waltz so like 1975 really good stuff and I am writing with a Blackwing one gasp uh, <laughs> oh. in my graduate hotels field notes that I got recently. So I'm, I'm using the one that's got like all the books piled up on the front still. Oh, that's, I like that. Uh, one. I really love it. I used it for a while and then put it away and then picked it back up. And yeah, so I'm enjoying that and we'll talk about them. I was going to give kind of my, I, I didn't, I didn't have my 42s in hand last time we recorded, But in waiting for the 42 and picking up some pearls and other balanced cores, I had a sort of uh, identity crisis a little bit because (laughs) I I just fell in love with that core. And so I've been using it like almost exclusively lately besides my natural blackwing natural. But um, I really have been loving the balanced core as of late.
2: Yeah, I think. My first experience with the balance core came after listening to this podcast a lot, and already, you know, Johnny, I think your disdain for it maybe uh, <laughs> turned me off ahead of time, and so I was prepared to not like it. And then I think, you know, it's a I like opinion. a blind, yeah, yeah. yeah blind taste <laughs> test.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel a little ashamed, and I'd like to publicly apologize for my, <laughs> my disparaging <laughs> remarks about the Blackwing Pearl and the balance core. Do you want to um,
1: write an apology note in your uh, notes app and then just post a picture of it on Twitter? Yeah.
3: But yeah. right well, what the, do you think the about the volume in. one now? Oh wait, that wait, was, wait,
2: that's Johnny. Is that you? Which one? Who called it the sausage casing? Oh, that was that, Jim. That, was that would Jim. be me. Yeah.
3: Uh, <laughs> <it. clears throat> uh, <laughs> that would be me. I still think it's ugly. Um, oh, I love that one. I, th- I think it's very ugly, but it's round and it's a balanced core, so I love it. As long as I don't look at it too much. <laughs> Just
1: writing with your eyes closed—that's fine. Yes,
3: yeah, <laughs> getting used to it. <laughs> it's, it's, good. it's horrible for my handwriting, but um, so I had to pull up a high-res photo
2: of that "On the Beach" album cover. Those mm-hmm. chairs are great. And as a photographer, <laughs> I'm really interested in like underneath the ugly yellow table is a newspaper that says like uh, yeah. Senator Buckley calls for Nixon to resign. And then, like, Neil Young has got his boots off next to him. And I don't know, there's a lot of interesting symbolism.
3: There's a, that's, that is true. You're convincing me. Damn it. Okay. Um, yeah. That is, that's it's the point.
2: balanced core of the album covers for Neil
3: Young. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. On the pearl. On the, yeah. Um, and so maybe, yeah. So he's looking out, uh, looking out longingly towards the ocean as Nixon's finally being taken out of office or something <laughs> or he's getting ready to like just walk out into the ocean and he's had not come back. Yeah. I don't know. Take as a dark ending for that conversation, but, <laughs> 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 but that's all I've got. So I, uh, Johnny, Johnny, what about you?
0: Whence from these gray heights, unjock strapped, Holy stewed. He flung himself. No, some waiter. Yes. Push tenderly, O green shoots of grass. Tickle not our Fitz's nostrils. Past the gray moving, unbefinied sea, depths deeper than our debt to Elliot. Fling, flang them, flung his own, two finally his one, spherical, colloid, interstitial, uprising, lost to sight and fright, natural, not artificial, no ripples, make us sinking, sinking, sunking, sunk.
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm. There it is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Casting balls. There we go. So uh, speaking of,
0: of um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm distracted by Hemingway, <laughs> um, Colson Whitehead, I just finally read The Underground Railroad, which apparently I, like everyone in the world has read but me, so now I'm in the cool club. <laughs> and um, there, I didn't know this, Amazon is doing a limited series of it like, this yeah. year, yeah. so that'll be really cool. And um, I tried to pick a, a couple books afterward, and it took me three books to find something that could follow that book because it was so delightful. Um, and before that, I read The Bell Jar, which is another book that everyone's read but me. Which you, was. You've never I read The Bell Jar me. before? No. Um, um, my only exposure to Sylvia Plath was that really horrible film from. Uh, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. But, like. Okay, the film was horrible, but I really liked it because I really like Jared Harris, and I'll watch anything that has Jared Harris in it. Mm. Which brings me to my last thing, which is Carnival Row, that um, really bizarre new series that's on Amazon. Have you guys seen this? Mm-mm. Like, it's hard to describe. There's like an alternative world in a sort of Victorian era, and there's a, a race of people called, um, well, they call them what do they call them? They call them a pics as sort of like a racial slur, but they're fairies. And then there's a murder... I don't want to give this all away. And there's one of the chief characters is a human police officer played by Orlando Bloom who is aging well without his unibrow and blonde wig. (laughs) But, like, I mean, it's, it's weird. You'll have really weird dreams, but it's really, really good. Frankie did not like it, but Frankie hates Hemingway, so take that with a grain of salt. And, um... I've started and stopped a couple of books, so I've just started um, "Call Me by Your Name," which has the movie cover, which is kind of oh. crap, but it's still a really good book so far. And um, I'm sitting here. And re- I just realized that Jacob and I match. I have a black locket charm, but um, mine is the what do they call it—the stealth version—that came with the book. It's got like black gilding on the edges. Um, mm. I have also a field notes, but mine is the Smoky Mountains one because it looks like autumn and a bear. Mm-hmm. And I'm writing with a Blackwing Natural and a General's Calendar, which is fitting for a bullet journal, I think. Mm. And it doesn't smear. Yeah, how about you, Andy?
1: Um, well, my, (laughs) my media consumption as of late is much lower brow than most of you. Um, (laughs) Katie and I have been on a kind of an HDTV home improvement kick. So, um, there's a bunch of new HDTV shows or newly to newly on Hulu. That is, um, there's one called good bones, which is a kind of a house tear down and refit show that is set in Indianapolis, Indiana. And if, if ever you want a good feeling for somebody who is the most, indiana person ever uh the (laughs) daughter and the mother who are the like the the two hosts and main characters of the show like they they're very very indiana so uh check out good bones they they do a lot of like gentrification in the Fountain square neighborhood which is if it can be said is the hampton of um
3: of indianapolis so that's uh, that's interesting though like i mean just all of those I get so annoyed with all those shows because it's like all of them happen in LA. Like, yeah. Yeah. like why do I no, this one's to see another like formerly awesome house now made awesome again in LA? Like that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's cool that it's yeah. in Indiana.
1: This one's in Indiana and what's great is it just comes with like Indiana housing prices. So, you know, there's like a tear down house that they they get for they spend four thousand dollars for it and they put in <laughs> like $150,000 worth of renovation and they sell it for like 200,000 or something like that, which is which is high for Indiana, but pretty low for like much, much of the, of the country. Um, that's, that's pretty good. There's another one called hometown, which takes place in Laurel, Mississippi. Um, and these, these two people, um, uh, buy and, uh, renovate homes there and just like kind of restore them and and they do a lot of like restoration rather than renovating when they can. So there's always some really interesting history that goes into these, these kind of like old Southern houses. Um, and besides that, I've been watching, uh, the new episodes of good eats on the food network because Elton Brown is back and making new episodes. Um, I think he's done like eight episodes so far. They've been doing two for every Sunday for the last month or so. Uh, so if you were like a good eats fan, like I was from the beginning, um, Be sure to check that out. Uh, I've been reading, I just finished a really, really good book. that has been on um, kind of the bestseller, like new sellers uh, shelf at a lot of bookstores lately. It's called Washington Black. It's by Essie Edugun. I'm going to say her name wrong. Um, It's uh, it's kind of this like Dickensian tale about a uh, young uh, slave boy in Barbados who is... Um, kind of like chosen as a manservant of his um, of the master's brother who's like an like a science like a naturalist and explorer and it kind of turns into the story of that boy's um, education and kind of like you know abolition and then uh, like he goes and lives in different places Um, it's really good it's very it's it's a very like Charles Dickens style tale, tale with a little tiny bit of steampunk thrown in because part of one of the one of the scenes has them flying in like this, this dirigible. So it's a really good book. Um, and also I stopped, or once I finished that, I started reading a book called Because Internet, which is about the kind of like modern linguistics of the internet, how people talk and how language has evolved like on social media and on the internet. So that's really interesting to me. And I am writing with a uh, blue Palomino HB with an eraser in my field notes mile marker uh, marker today. Nice. Which one? That that blue and red and white one. Oh, cool. That looks like an interstate uh, sign. Did
0: you just put a twang on that and say interstate?
1: Interstate (laughs) (laughs) sign? it on purpose. (laughs) Get on down the road, boy. <laughs> you tell you what man I'm gonna write my interstate sign. to get dang old dang old pal HP.
3: <laughs> bang old dang old dang old dang old. <laughs> it's my
1: my boom hour. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> that boy hit right. I tell you what. Um, let's move on to fresh points. <laughs> Jacob, would you care to uh, talk to us about your fresh points?
2: Sure. Um, I don't have much for me. As uh, a teacher and new school year starting, trying to get, you know, everything organized. I, uh, I think I posted in the group about uh, my pencil case because I'm kind con- like, I also, um, something I kind of skipped over, I realized my wife and I, as we met in art school, she was a photo major and a printmaker and we together own a company called Almanac Industries that makes does letterpress printing, but we also do um, handmade leather and cloth accessories, wallets and bags, and um, and so we, we make pencil cases and we've made dop kits and um, and so I'm you know always have an abundance of little bags and things like that. But I think because of that, I'm always searching for the most perfect one or trying to make the perfect one or and between pencil cases and dongles and cords and things as a photographer. And, um, I finally, at least so far have kind of my perfect bag. That's by this company peak design that makes camera bags. And I got their tech pouch, which is this beautiful kind of, it's big, but, um, it's zips on three sides and opens up, um, kind of like a clamshell, on the table so it sits open and it has this kind of like origami set of little pockets so I can have pencils on one side separated from all my nice clean white apple cords
1: <laughs> and
2: zippered things and pockets for stuff and it's just perfect and you know I, I I move classrooms between classes one's the art room one's the photo room so I have to always gather all my things and take it with me and um so I, I just love it as a way of keeping everything organized and it fits an unsharpened black wing, which was nice. a important point before I ordered it. Um, and then the other thing was my ever expanding pencil and field notes collection. Um, Ikea this year at some point started selling again, their mappe wood drawers and they had them years ago. And then I could never find them. And they're just like, um, a set of uh six birch drawers in th- three different sizes for twenty bucks, and I you know bought two and had them for my kids above their little art table and then I bought another one and then I bought a fourth one um, and so that's how I have all my stuff organized so they're a really great, cheap way that looks nice and clean and they you know like fit field notes perfectly in some of their drawers. And then lastly is uh, because my son started pre-K this year and we had to supply jumbo pencils. So, of course, I went out and got some uh, golden bear jumbos for him in orange to contribute to the school. Um, And, (laughs) yeah, so I I was very excited to be able to. I mean, we'll see. We have back to school night tomorrow, so I'll see if I can spot them. (laughs) Um, but i saw that cw pencils uh collaborated with moon for a a big dipper jumbo in um what is it their foil or iridescent red
0: yeah is it wrapped or is it painted
2: i think it i mean i think it would have to be
0: wrapped
1: it i can't like i can't tell offhand but it it does it looks like it's wrapped but maybe it's a little bit thinner or like more close to the barrel like it doesn't look, it doesn't quite look wrapped. I, I I haven't seen it in person for sure.
2: Yeah. And I don't know how you would get, I mean, I guess wrapped in foil through a heat process. Yeah. I don't know enough about.
1: Yeah. That, that's like generally like how, how they do that. Yeah. They, they wrap like a very clear, um, like acetate wrap over the pencil before they put the eraser on, mm-hmm. but it doesn't quite look like that because it looks like it's then like foil stamped above the wrap, which isn't usually what they do on that. So yeah. I don't have. I haven't. Ha- I haven't had one in person, so uh, I, I
0: know what I'm buying. Yeah, soon. I think maybe <laughs> they did. People say they were in there. Oh
2: no, that was their other new Petzl.
0: No, they did come in the box. They came. came the, in the um, box. In the um, anybody's camel thing.
3: Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, I'll um I'll have to follow up with um like Nicole from. From Musgrave about that to see how the process goes because that would be a a really good Instagram video for them and be really good follow up for us. Oh
3: yeah, yeah. So cool. That is.
1: Any that's other fresh points, me. Jacob? Nice.
2: No, that's it for me. I tried to rack my brain, but I'm. Um, yeah, all <laughs> mine are photo related. I could let you know what photo books just came out, but that's a whole nother
0: <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. It's <laughs> Monday
1: night.
3: Tim, how about you? Mine'll be quick. Uh, the first one, which I alluded to earlier, the Blackwing uh, Volume 42. I finally got mine, and I got it since we had recorded last, and I've already gone over my begrudging new admiration for the uh, <laughs> for the for the balanced core, which I actually I, I think I had texted you guys at some point that I had written a letter with a balanced core on a dot grad a dot grid. Notepad, and it was like I didn't know who I was. Who are...
1: <laughs> Radical graph,
3: like, uh, yeah. no, no, god, no, no. Um, <laughs> I just threw up my mouth a little bit. I, no, I just, I, uh, yeah, so I, I, and this 42 is really, I'm reiterating things you already said, but I just wanted to confirm like how gorgeous they are. And I think it was, I like what I totally agree with what Johnny had said about how, uh, nice it was that they didn't just reuse the kind of pearlescent. Cover or a finish or whatever that it is just a that mm-hmm. really striking flat white color. Um, I just think they're definitely one of the best, and I'm 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 as ever I'm holding back, trying not to order 15 boxes of them or something. But um, <laughs> the baseball connection is not helping that cause. But um, now if they would have come out with like a Blackwing 108. And it was for the 108 years since the Cubs won the World Series. Uh, <laughs> I would have just like driven there and backed my car up against the place. Load them up, boys. Yeah. They would so, have been pandering like directly to you if that was the oh, case. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, okay. I, I would, yeah, I would admire it if they had done that. And then like I found out that it was all like an elaborate ruse just because I had said <laughs> something bad about the balanced core or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never mind yeah so the only other thing i was going to bring up is that i i haven't bought a pencil sharpener in a really long time hmm. and uh, like i just i've been using the same ones and so i just ordered finally i've been meaning to get one of the the uni crank sharpeners um and that's the one that like doesn't put the teeth marks right
0: yeah you better right. hope so I better hope so <laughs> yeah what color did you get I never saw this blue uh, one before, and this blue one is gorgeous. I got
3: the blue one, yeah. Awesome. So I got a, I got a blue one. It's supposed to come in a couple of days, and I can't wait. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna have that in my classroom, and um, bring my retire my my the doll 133 from its duties in my classroom for a while, and bring it home. I had one of my kids break my classroom friendly sharpener. What th- mm. they do to it? they knocked it off a high shelf and just kind of like uh, the faceplate kind of broke. So, but I've had that sharpener in my classroom for five years. Hmm. So, and it could have gone like 25 more if it hadn't just had this kind of freak accident. So um, I had replaced the blade once I bought a replacement blade from classroom friendly. Cause it was just worn out. But, uh, but yeah, uh, that's that. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. How about you, Johnny? Cool.
0: Um, so this fits really well with tonight's episode by a happy accident. But I think Tim, you also got the new clear habit journal from Baron Fig. That's, um, the size of their like really, really big books.
3: Yes, I did. So did did you have,
0: did you have the other one?
3: No, I'd never had the clear habit. I've had the big books before, but I've never had the the clear habit journal. So yeah, I think it's
0: the first big book with an elastic they've done.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that and I, I didn't have a chance to look into it, but I think, yeah, I think that's true unless they're starting to do it. With the standard ones now, which would be great, but yeah, it would be cool. They're not yet, but I can't wait
1: for them to, to start putting that on the standard.
3: Yeah. So um,
0: for folks that don't know the, I haven't read the book. Apparently there's also a book by James clear um, where it's sort of like a bullet journaling method, but it focuses on tracking your habits. So this book has, like, um, a line of day per for the year in the front. And then most of the book is just dot grid. And then at the back, it has habit trackers and um, directions on how to use a few different methods. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's not – like, I thought it was going to be sort of like a lot of the books they put out recently where they're, you know, pre-formatted. But most of it's just dot grid paper with blue dots, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And they put little hash marks marking off, like – the quarter and thirds or something of the pages, which is a really nice touch.
2: Yeah, that is really nice.
0: That's... I didn't notice that Les pointed it out when we were talking about it last week. And is the
2: like, line of day as kind of like a daily reflection, I'm assuming?
0: Yeah, I mean, looking at this, I do don't know how you could fill this out in the other size, because this looks like the perfect amount of space. Mm-hmm. But um, is this out yet? I haven't heard people talking about it.
1: Well, uh, we busted
0: hopefully. a street date. <laughs>
3: hopefully, hopefully, it'll be yeah, right?
1: out before we uh,
3: publish yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, I've had this for over a week. I imagine. yeah,
3: I've had it for a week. I imagine you usually only send stuff out shortly before, so
0: yeah, people are just they I mean, people seem, tend to talk about their pens a lot more than their books, which is a shame because I really like their books. Um, and speaking of books, I, I don't think the Blackwing Slate number 42 was out last time we recorded, was it?
3: Uh, yes. It was? Okay. Yeah. so um, I remember you talking I, about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I got one in hand. So it sure cost a lot of money for one notebook. Like, <laughs> I love Blackwing, but, you know, the slates are like 22 bucks, and you can get them on Amazon, I think, for like just a couple bucks more and get them on Prime, which is really reasonable considering how nice they are. But this one was like almost 40 bucks delivered, and it showed up a little beat up, which is, you know, fine. I'm going to write it in it anyway. But um, I thought it was just going to have, like, a little bit of a stamp on it. And I was like, oh, this, this is stupid. Why is this so expensive and why am I buying it? But it's, like, huge. The cover I don't have it in front of me. The cover is, like, this enormous two-color number 42 label and stuff. It's actually really cool. Um, but I think no one talked about it because they were supposed to come out when the pencils did. But there was a delay for some reason. So it just mm. kind of floated by. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's disappointing, because um, the opposite of Baron... I mean, that, help me. It's Monday night. Just like Baron <laughs> Fig. Um, people don't talk about their books that much, but they're a pencil company, so that makes sense. But Blackwing's books are really nice. They're well-designed. The paper's really good. I'm not just saying that, because I've not paid for most of mine. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're awesome. I've given them as gifts to make up for all the free ones we've gotten. So... um, yeah, if you really like the 42, check out the book, especially if you already use them. And you can pick your insides, which is cool. Because if it were me, I would just offer one option. But I don't remember if they had two or three options. I got the dot grid. And um, my next fresh point is that I spent a very long time talking about pens on the internet last Friday night with Les from RSVP Podcast.
1: Yay. Which was like-
0: super fun because i've never podcasted but pens before and also i've never <laughs> is that good jo-
1: johnny's been stepping out on us is what you're saying <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've, I've never been on anyone else's podcast i was like really nervous so all week i used pens so i could johnny
1: we're, weren't you on the dot right? grid podcast oh yeah uh-huh I was like, that's what i you- thought that was years, years ago
2: remembering. It?
1: yeah guys yeah. i'm just
2: down the street if we need to shuffle things up you know
3: <laughs> we're gonna settle this baltimore style <laughs> click, click. As, the, as the sirens go in the background
0: you know? <laughs> yeah we're on a busy thoroughfare yeah but I, okay i'm gonna pretend that i didn't say any of that and know, um right. so speaking of back to school um Henry really, really likes red, like he used to like bloop. So I let him go on the pencil store's website and I was like, just you know, pick what you want and we'll order them and you get them. So he picked the, um, the Tri Rex, like the regular size, just because of the color. So we put him in his little pencil case for the first day of school and I gave him an orange, golden bear. And he's like, oh, Daddy, I love this pencil because his nickname is Bear. He's very cuddly. So um, I asked him the, like, this last weekend. Like, Henry, why, like, what have you been using at school? He's like, Oh, my golden bear is getting really small. I'm like, Oh, that's <laughs> good news. I like to buy you
3: buns. That's like dinner table conversation at your house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'm, I told him they were in blue, and he, his jaw dropped, and he was like, What? So he has a dozen of both come into him, and he's very happy. Uh-oh. He doesn't know they're only $4. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Don't tell him. Yeah. But um, I
0: was like, Hey, you know what? My podcast co host and friend Andy like, loves the, bear, the golden bear. And he's like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm lying. Yes. But, uh, yeah. yeah. No, he's in good company.
3: Yeah, I did yeah, offer yeah. him a
0: Jumbo one. He's like, no, I don't like that, because it was round. was, like, brown pencils, apparently.
1: We should get him a Musgrave test scoring 100 and see what he thinks about that. And then we'll know if oh, we're, like, truly, like, pencil spirit <laughs> pals.
0: So I tried to give him one, and I told him that it was a fast pencil because of the silver paint, and he did not like it.
1: <laughs> uh, well...
0: Yeah. he's he's like really, he's really picky. Like he likes cheetahs and lions currently, and Mustangs mm. and Camaros and Chargers, but not Corvettes, That's Lamborghinis, but not Ferraris. He's not interested <laughs> in German cars except for Porsches.
1: <laughs> that that is, is very very specific. He's got lots taste. of opinions.
0: Yeah. he yeah. really knows what he likes. Yeah, now,
2: <laughs> good for him. This golden bear that you have sitting here, Johnny, is this? A newer one? I feel like so, I have golden bears that are blue that don't have as nice of a finish. We
0: don't know what's up with this. They have these ones on the website right now that are two ninety nine dollars 99 a dozen, and they're made in um, Turkey or Taiwan, Thailand. Thailand. Yeah. Yeah, and they have a little TH on them, and, like, the finish is really nice. I haven't bought golden bears in a really long time, yeah. so I don't know. So the,
1: the, the ones compared. that were made pre-20, I want to say, like, 13 were the ones that are made in the US before that they were made there? And I wonder if maybe they just like uncovered a bunch of extra stock of those old ones because I thought for sure they stopped selling like the old ones for a while. Yeah, so. it's
0: weird, but these have the feral that's similar to the American one and the, um, they don't say California Republic Stationers.
1: Yeah, they,
0: okay. And they, they have a weird little logo after the Thailand, it just says TH and then I guess that's a lotus and mm-hmm. then it has the bear and it says golden bear too.
2: Yeah, because I noticed even when I bought from pencils dot com the jumbo golden bears. I think it was sorry. Or no, I was looking for even getting some for my class. And like you could get some made in the US, but others did weren't made in the US. Maybe it was depending on whether hmm. you were buying a dozen or a gross or something.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Yeah,
0: they're they're a dollar cheaper yeah. than the US ones. Yeah. And, and it's come up in the group, and none of, nobody from um, Pencils.com has said anything. And, you know, usually they fill in. I wonder if they were just waiting to see if anyone would notice. Maybe we'll get a prize.
1: They're, and generally, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny, they're, they're generally a little bit softer of a hex than the U.S. ones, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. The last U.S. Yeah. ones I bought were, like, full, like, yeah. But I haven't yeah. bought them since they first came out.
2: Well, yeah. and that's the thing. Yeah, they definitely, you know, you get those just... Blank colored musgrave mm. pencils, you can feel the hex and the kind of the way the paint is a little thicker at the hex. This is sharp, yeah.
0: Oh, so my um, my last fresh point is that this is the closest that I've ever podcasted to a Mac computer. <laughs> Jake is sitting next to me, and he has his Mac, and I have my oh, man. Uh, are, you,
1: are you getting a rash, Johnny?
0: <laughs> no, something's buzzing my foot. I'm getting shocked by something. <laughs> I want to point think... out that my little Chromebook is powering a double conversation, though. It's holding its own. <laughs> <laughs> and it being a Chromebook will hold its own for the next, like, 13 hours.
3: <laughs> That's true.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: so, um, you know, going back to the your Slate number 42, it, I, and maybe you've, I'll mention this, but I'm curious with the next volume whether that'll be a, a regular thing that I, they do. I mean,
0: Like, I hope not for the sake of my wallet. (laughs) But um, um, Alex, when he was on the podcast, he mentioned that they were doing something that was like his baby. Mm, So I hope that's it because otherwise I'm going to have a lot of point protectors and uh, slates floating around. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't used it yet. It it looks like it would be good for NaNoWriMo. That paper is really sweet.
2: Well, and I wonder I mean, I don't, you know, this, that people that, Stop subscribing, or they—I have enough pencils, or you, you know that kind of thing. Whether like, oh, a point protector or oh, a notebook entices them back in, or yeah. you, you know, it expands the brand.
0: Mm-hmm. It was nice getting it for free with their subscriber pack.
2: Yeah, or yeah, and that's the thing. I think there's not as much of an incentive if you can, you know, like, oh, I don't like that volume, I'll skip out on that one, and then you save yourself the money. But if you're getting some extras in there, skip
0: a volume. Yeah. What are you talking
1: about? Jenny, any other fresh points?
0: Nope. I want to hear about your first one here.
1: (laughs) So I'm going to talk about a pen. Sorry, everybody. Um, The the color. It's, yeah, it's quite, it's really amazing. So somebody in the Baron Fig Fanatics group, which I highly recommend checking out, um, if you want. People to ask you to ask to buy your Baron Fig experiment Squire every day of your life. Um, (laughs) No, it's also a very good group, except it also has like some really hardcore collectors in there. Um, So somebody posted a picture of their little collection of Squire pens and um, Squire, of course, being the little uh, rollerball pen that Baron Fig makes. And there was this bright blue one in there and it said in big letters on the side, error for error four oh four. And all of a sudden people were like, oh that that's really cool and so somebody else goes oh look what happens when I go to a 404 page in the Baron Fig website and they posted a link to some like fake broken link and sure enough when you got an arrow like a, like a 404 on the Baron Fig website um, you get this little bright blue screen with words that say something like oh, let, me, let me type it in and see how it goes barrenfig.com slash blah 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 Um, It says, error 404, page not found. You're in the wrong place, but wrong isn't always bad. We created a limited edition Squire Rollerball pen with an error 404 theme, and you'll only find it here. Get yours while supplies last. Then it goes into bullet points. Yes, this is real. No, you don't get to see it until it shows up. When they're gone, they're gone forever. (laughs) So that's pretty fun. That's really fun, Baron Fig. Yeah,
3: that's really well played. Yeah.
1: I, I guess if I were to nitpick that a little bit is that um uh as our friend Toffer pointed out um the blue screen of death does not necessarily equate to error 404 one is like a computer processing error and one is a like website kind of response not found oh man um, but that being said it's still really funny mine came in the mail it is bright bright blue um kind of richer than like a blue palomino hb but but um also lighter than like a navy blue um, and it writes with blue ink, which is something that no squire has done yet. So huh,
3: I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I really love when you, when you are on the the 404 page and you add it to your cart, how it immediately generates like 10 little confirmation windows. It's like, doo, 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 yes. and like opens all the <laughs> yeah. way up. And so it's like added it to cart. you successfully yeah. added squire and you can like, you can actually click okay and close all of them or you can view your cart. Yeah. There's it's a, so it's good. a good touch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They, they did a, they did a really good job on that. Um, so yeah, fantastic addition. Um my Squire collection is a little bit out of control. Um I have five. I have one out of control. I have one of each ink color. So I have the uh Mysterium, which is black, and the um editor, which is which is red, and the experiment, which is green, and then this one which is blue. And then I also have the <laughs> The key, which is that brass one that came with the the lock, the the confidant that they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I usually don't use that one because it is um, it's pretty it's pretty heavy. Um, but I need to find a way to display all my little squires, which I'm I, I feel so ashamed because like this is a I'm a pencil guy. But this is like, where you like need like to.
3: You,
1: yeah. Oh, go ahead. Um, I was going to say like you Tim with your dot grid and your balance core. I, I feel oh, like i think in every happening? time I. Light from the squires. It's where you <laughs> like need two. to
3: like go up onto the roof and shine the Dudek Modern Goods light up into the sky, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> have, and and he will and, and he will custom make you an awesome uh, stand been, to display all those on. I've been waiting for him to
1: open his orders back up um, or mm. to like do a do a run, but I haven't seen I haven't seen him do that for yeah. like months, months. So. Yeah. yeah. The
3: The other thing I'll mention... Oh, um, sorry. I'm oh, sorry. interrupting one more time. When you showed us that, when you sent us that picture in text and I said... How did you get them all to stay in place? Like that was like a really, and you were like on a level table. That was like a really poor reference to that funny tweet from t- the guys at Take Note that said, "Hey, if you need me, I'll be over here trying to get, my, trying to keep my squire to stay on my desk or whatever, <laughs> trying to keep my, trying to keep my squire from yeah. rolling off my desk." So that's what I was referring to. But
1: yeah. less less Harper made a really really great uh, 3D printed pencil, like pocket clip for her squire. I think we should. I think she hmm. should sell those. I would buy I would buy a couple of those. It's yeah. super super ugly but you can like I think it's really <laughs> utilitarian and ugly which is what she goes, which is which is what she goes for.
2: Um, Do you need a, a, you know Draw Squad from when we were kids? Draw There's Squad. This guy,
1: he, he was like
2: black hair, he looked kind of like Mario. He had like a big black mustache and oh, this Commander jacket. Mark. Yeah, what's that? Mark Kistler.
0: Yes, yeah. and he had the jacket with the, like, slots in it.
1: What? Yeah. To hold his markers. Yeah.
0: Dream it, draw it, do it.
1: So what? he, he. Um, I wonder if it was before this, before Draw Squad or maybe after Draw Squad, he had that thing called Imagination Station where he drew, like, a lot of, like, space-themed things, yeah. and they called him yes. Commander, Commander Mark.
0: That's some yeah. kind of mustache.
1: Oh, I'm looking at his, the Draw Squad, like, like book right now and it's like a it's like a bandolier but of crayons yes <laughs> oh my god i Hit want to squire with, bro- rock the world squire oh my
2: bandolier. god that's so cool
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, Jesus! i think i still uh, have that book on my shelf at home
3: <laughs> what was his so, name what's the name of
1: the draw squad mark draw squad. kistler's draw squad draw squad okay yeah uh, it's
0: a picture um, of him with an ewok that's weird. <laughs> Looks like he's gonna eat the Ewok in this picture.
3: We've got plenty of options for our artwork for the, yeah, the episode. Totally.
0: Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> I hope he doesn't
0: Commander listen Mark's to awesome. It.
1: Yeah. If oh my God, if Commander Mark, if you are listening to this episode, <laughs> we really, really want to have you on as a guest. Really, really, really,
3: really. Oh, really. God. Good.
1: He's got an <laughs> Emmy. He's uh, yeah. You know, he's he's awesome. He I loved him as a kid. All right, moving on. Um, I do want to <laughs> I do want to give a plug to um, uh, a really great uh, indie um, uh, bag, um, like pencil holder company called Bolsa Bags. It is run by um, oh shoot, who is that? That's Paul Smith. Uh, he's in the erasable group. Um, he is like an EMS. Um, he, he like works in an ambulance, but in his spare time, he has a sewing kit, like a big ass sewing machine, and he makes these really great uh, nylon uh, zippered bags, uh, bolsa bags, and they are really great. Um, I have a large one and a small one. That's the small one fits like a couple like earbuds and maybe like a little eraser or pencil sharpener. Uh, he calls it the nugget and then a bigger <laughs> bag that's kind of like pencil pouch sized. Um, super good. Um, he's selling them, I think just through Instagram and the group right now. So if you're in the Facebook message, um, message, Chris, uh, excuse me, Paul Smith for that. And I think it's Bolsa bags, B-U-L-S-A on, um, on instagram bolsa by the way is the uh the tagalog word for um for bag so it's bag bags yeah those look great yeah he he does a bunch of different colors and he does a bunch of different linings he has like a army laundry sack lining and then also like a silk lining and um he'll do different like little um uh, little handles on the side. He did a really good, like, like nylon, um, cord lining or, um, like handle for me. And that small one has been so handy. I, I keep a bunch of like little, like ear pods, um, like earbuds in it. And then, a then an eraser. And then my masterpiece, I keep that in that little bag. So yeah, fantastic. Definitely wanted to give a plug for Paul. He's like super small time with his manufacturing, but he's been getting a bunch of orders lately cause he's been really good in the group. Um, and while we're thanking people, thank you, Micah Thomas, uh, and Britt Hoover, both of whom have sent me some pencils lately. Uh, Micah sent me, um, some golden bears. Actually, we're talking about golden bears that she had on her desk that she has been using. So, um, those are awesome, and then Britt Britt sent me some. Actually, this Palomino HB that I'm using, and a few other just kind of miscellaneous pencils. So, uh, both of them sent that unbidden. I really appreciate it. Um, let's let's move on to the main topic. Are you all ready? Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So um, we were we were just talking about bullet journaling at one point, and and Johnny mentioned that um, his friend Jacob, who like was in the group and a listener and also just kind of like a neighborhood friend um, had a really kind of interesting method for burn bullet journaling and pencil. Um, most of the, most of the Bujo stuff out there is very pen driven. Um, markers. and Yeah. Markers. Yeah. Wild watch stuff. tape. Yeah. And which is, which is awesome. I've seen some really amazing kind of like bullet journaling spreads and setups. Um, but we kind of wanted to get back to um, back to basics and um, so um, I guess I guess the first question in this list um, jacob was was something we already kind of did at the beginning um, so um, people in the Erasable group know you, Johnny Gamber and you are kind of practically neighbors but um, maybe maybe tell the rest of the folks out there a little bit about um, how you got started with bullet journaling and and maybe just the kind of like hundred like 50,000-foot overview of what it entails and kind of how yeah. you arrived there. Yeah. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that.
2: Sure. Um, I think the first instance of actually hearing about it might have been, Johnny, when you read the book and started... And did not sell it very well. You were like, I'm doing this thing and I hate it and I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, and I was oh like, okay, that's bullet journaling. Interesting. All right. And it was a kind of anecdotal um, commentary on it. And then I, I don't remember when that was, but maybe soon after my wife followed somebody else. Because my, my wife sews a lot. So another sewist who's a pretty hardcore bullet journaler had been posting a bunch and somehow got encouraged or was thinking about trying it and was then explaining a little bit more what it entailed. And I think it was something about how, I don't know, the sort of tracking of things daily or something with indexing things. I forget exactly what it was that kind of caught my ear. And I was like, hey, that actually might, sounds like something that I could find value in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, she explained a little bit more and started looking, you know, on Instagram or looking on the internet at kind of what it entailed. And yeah, there is a lot of various kind of sketchbooky, scrapbooky stuff to it that I kind of was drawn to visually. Um, but then also kind of the practical nature of it. And of course, any excuse to like acquire more tools for a thing. I'm game for. So we, you know, went to (laughs) Uh, our old college art supply store. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And Baltimore, you know, has such great resources. So we went to the, the Micah store where we went to college, which is now in a new space and in just incredible and got all of our markers and, um, got our bullet journals and kind of dove in from there. And so really, I never read the book, um, and so, kind of piecing together from his website, um, as well as, and I didn't see, I don't even remember the guy's name, the writer method. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of the structure. And, and it's sort of set up like Trum's 1917 is set up sort of with an index at the front where you would have all of your pages are numbered. And so, as you fill it out, you can put those pages in the index which was really valuable to me and then um i started with sort of a year kind of listing out every month three on a page and what are the big events or dates for that month and then you go into that month and so a lot of people like to make these elaborate kind of here's my September intro page that has some decorative thing. And then you list all of the tasks or dates or things for September. And then you start the more specific journaling for those days. And some people do, you know, uh, a page a day or a page has a whole week on it. Um, And then as things come up, you can put long-term planning or habit tracking or, Um, other kinds of lists into the bullet journal and then use that index to go back and reference them. So that's kind of my understanding. And then sort of the day to day you're listing things and there's this system of, you know, a dot for a task, an open circle for an event. And then as you go, you can take the dot and make it into an X for a completed task. You can make the dot into a forward arrow to uh, move it to the next day. You can move it to your long-term. If you find you're moving in a task constantly from day to day, you can then move that to long-term tasks. Um, Yeah, so I feel like that's maybe the boiled down version of how I use it. I think some people can make it much
3: more elaborate and more decorative. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's interesting to hear you talk about it because, I mean, every time I hear someone talk about uh, bullet journaling, I'm always like, okay, okay, all right, yeah, maybe, <laughs> you know. But uh, but also, I think when we decided to do this episode and we we're like, we should do something about bullet j- journaling in pencil, it was kind of like a nose goes like, no, I don't want to talk about it guess <laughs> none mm-hmm. of us tend to do it. And I think, I don't know, I think probably for different reasons. I know I know for my – I think my perspective on it that like I had trouble with is that – it felt like a little too controlling for me. Yeah, and I think yeah. We've talked about this before, but it just kind of felt like I was being nagged by my notebook a little bit just because I tend to be like, I, I, I could be wrong on this, but I tend to improvise a, a yeah. good bit. Like I just kind of am like light on my feet as far as how I'm getting things done throughout the day. And I never feel like just big chunks of time are wasted or anything. And so I ended up like, Sort of like hurting my own feelings by not like <laughs> adhering to my own bullet journal
1: or something. And that's that's the advantage of a blank notebook, right? Is like you don't have to fall into some structured way of doing something like the Clear Habit Journal or like mm-hmm. a weekly calendar or something. And I, I feel like I feel like I like sort of that open structure and the often if I were to stick kind of like true to your writer Carol's form, it would be like the super rigid structure, which I just sort of like, have an immediate kind of like visceral reaction against. <laughs> so I, I, I definitely have like used little bits and pieces from the bullet journal method over over time. But mm-hmm. he definitely, I think, um, I can't remember. It was I think when Les was on, um, she was talking about how, you know, it's it's like writer Carol has it as like this lifestyle. It's like the GTD method that David uh, David Allen did mm-hmm. um, years ago. And it's just, like, something you can go really, really, really deep into. And some people do, and I myself do not. <laughs> so, for sure. that That's yeah, I, really interesting, though.
0: I've I've picked mine back up for the third time this year, recently.
1: Hmm.
0: What, so that's what, like, last week I was like, hey, why don't we see if Jacob wants to talk about mm-hmm. bullet journaling? Because I'm selfish, and I want to talk about this thing that I'm into again. But um, I don't use pencil in mine. I use microns for hmm. no good reason. I think the like term paper is crappy and it likes microns. Yeah, but.
2: so I I guess I I don't know, I somebody that's likes to be consistent when I've like made a decision. I'm like I'm a pencil person now. now we'll use it, <laughs> you know, That um I found you know, when I when I got, I, I wanted a notebook that had page numbers, and Lutron is one of the few that I could get in person that did. I was a little disappointed by how thin the paper was, but actually found pencil is really great for it because it doesn't show through as much as like my wife has been keeping hers with pen, and it does show through quite a bit. Um, and then I really only use the Tombow dual brush markers in some pretty pale colors i could where at the the store i went to you could buy them individually and so i picked you know a dozen or so colors that were pretty light that would basically work as highlighters and that i could kind of color code things um and so i find actually pencil is really perfect because i can erase it uh if i need to i can um also not worry about stuff bleeding through. And, you know, I have two blotter pages that I move around the book and I don't really have any issues with it. um, You know, smudging. I do find that the Loixrom paper actually prefers a softer pencil. So, you know, any of the Black Wings, I think, work really well. Um, Even sometimes a, like a, just a a firm core. You know, the 602 is a really good um, pencil for it.
0: So, um, we s- have, we've really answered a lot of this, but can you talk just for a second about your interest in pencils in general and how they fit into your life and your work? Sure. Yeah. Um, I've
2: always I like I was a sculpture major in college, but really thought for a long time about actually being a drawing major. You know, drawing was really my passion, um, and. So I think always appreciated and, you know, had a collection of, of like grades of pencils, but really wasn't aware of maybe brands as much. And then just, you know, visiting CW and and getting into the world of pencils and the variety of them, as well as, you know, like the Blackwing volumes that was such a beautiful kind of art to it, you know, of how they were crafted as these like little mini sculptures I loved. Um, and I'm, I think I'm just naturally a collector of things. I've, I teach mostly photography classes, um, and photography has sort of become my art outlet much, much more than sculpture. And so I'm a camera hoarder. I shoot a lot of film. Um, and so I'm really into different camera models and how that changes the experience of photographing. Um, and so I think for pencils, it became this way of differentiating tasks or this pencil for this task or this pencil for this task, or, you know, the experience of writing with the different finish or, you know, loving like Jason Patterson and what he's doing with hack wings. Um, and then I don't know. I, I also feel like that it, it, it makes the process a little more analog. You know that pencils are kind of the film version, where pens are maybe the digital version <laughs> in the sort of analog writing <laughs> way, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: uh, yeah. So, Jake, Jacob, what are some of the like performance characteristics of a, a pencil that is perfect or optimized for bullet journ- journaling? And what are some maybe what are then also are some warning signs for pencils that are not good for your Bujo? So,
2: yeah, for because right now I'm still. I've been keeping one since January of uh, this year. So I'm not a, by any means, a long time bullet journaler, but I've been keeping it pretty consistently since then. And for the Lightroom paper, I do find a little bit softer core works well. Um, one that does keep a good point so that I can not be slowed down by having to sharpen it too much. Um you know, sometimes being able to write kind of small throughout to be able to fit everything or, um, you know, so like right now I've got volume 10, which is the extra firm core, which I really like. Um, the Blackwing erasers are actually really nice to be able to go in erase in, you know, more uh, precisely. Um, is actually kind of handy. And because the paper is pretty slick, the Blackwing erasers do a good job because they're not really the best erasers. Um, yeah, I don't know. Cool. You know, sense. every once in a while, I, there's some sketching that happens inside of them, but that is mostly in other sketchbooks that I keep. So it's mostly just writing.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. So, um, you mentioned your wife uses, uh, ink, and, you know, fountain pens bleed, they li- they leak. Um, especially I found on this Loicterm paper, that gel pens seem like they never dry. Mm. And, um, you know, if you walk a Sharpie past this book, it disintegrates. So <laughs> what are some of the, you mentioned using blotter sheets. Um, what are some of the pitfalls of using graphite in a bullet journal? Because, you know, this is a, a book that gets handled a lot throughout mm-hmm. the day. And how do you account for these pitfalls?
2: Yeah, I, th- um, yeah. Blotters definitely, and that's, you know, sometimes it's a little like clunky or cumbersome to like find the blotter, move it. And because you're constantly flipping the book back and forth from page to page or moving tasks from one page to the next page, sometimes it's a little tedious of find the blotter and and move it over. Um, I also sometimes will keep a binder clip to keep that blotter page in place because sometimes it'll shift around. Um, I think having the elastic band to keep the book closed helps a lot so that you're not getting pages shifting and smudging. Cause honestly, I mean, I very little smudging as I like flip back through it at all. Um, uh, I really like, you know, I think some people get pretty elaborate in what they're doing in bullet journals. Mine is really just those Tombow markers, which highlights the graphite really nicely. Um, I also don't have to worry about it, uh, like smudging ink, which is always, Mm -hmm. that's one advantage of using pencil. I don't have to worry about it being too wet on the page with ink. Um, and then I also, you know, I'll, I keep a little uh, metal tin with sharpeners so that I can refine a point as I'm working.
3: So I was just talking about a new sharpener and just thinking about, uh, Bullet journaling being something on the the road like you're taking with you everywhere you go, and it's not mm-hmm. a micron or it's not these these uh, specialty pens or whatever. What uh, sharpeners do you carry with you to use? Or and you can even I- even get into any sort of gear that you you take with you or that has to come with you in order to to do this throughout your day.
2: Yeah, so I uh, <laughs> replaced all of the sharpeners in all the classrooms, the three art rooms, with a um, I'd have to look at the model, actually. I forget now. It's a red... I mean, it comes in a bunch of colors. I think it was like $18 on Amazon. But it's it has a single push button um, that you pull out the little collet. And I remember when I was first getting into it, everybody talks about the classroom friendly. But then all the, the, the talk of the teeth marks, I was like, why does anybody use this one? So I, I found... Somebody said it was basically the same blade as the classroom friendly, created the same point, but had kind of rubber teeth in it. it was, is that
1: the Carl Angel, the Carl Angel Five? Maybe that's what it is.
3: Is that the one I put a picture of in the bottom of the dock? See that
0: no. <laughs> 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 Hopefully, oh, also.
2: Oh maybe. yes. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. that was it's made not
3: by the Carl Angel Five. Is it this one? <laughs> No. Uh, that one that's my one Amazon I, card. The one I put in the the bottom of the that I'm referring to is a, actually a real Mitsubishi sharpener that I found that's a crank like uh looks sharp, amazing. Pulls out made by Mitsubishi, but it is it has uh Mario characters all over it, so.
1: Yeah. Do they make a I want one, one? for my desk.
3: Yoshi's on this one. <sighs> <laughs> There's a Hello Kitty one too, so. <laughs> oh,
0: I would totally get the Hello Kitty one. I try and steal it.
3: <laughs> um
2: so I always have one of those within arm's reach at my desk at school. Um, and that puts a really great point. That's that's a nice long point. Um, and then I have a little tin with my masterpiece, as well as my new favorite is the Coombe single hole long point, Johnny, that you recommended a while ago. And I, I think I bought like th- three or four of them from CW because they were only two bucks. Um and then if I'm out, I have, like, a bullet pencil and then my keychain sharpener if I have to, um, to just put another a, a finer point on it.
1: Nice. Um, so, Jacob, there are a bunch of folks who use a lot of, like, colors and washi tape. We, we talked about this a little bit before. And then people who are sort of, like, traditionalists or originalists. Um, where do you fall in this world? Are you adapting for for your style, or are you adding colors or flair to it, or are you just like kind of sticking close to the writer Carol vision?
2: Yeah, I'm, and I think maybe that that's um, originally I, I kind of liked the decorative idea of it and all of those little like, I don't know um, those kind of elements. But from a practical point of view, of how are they going to help me in organizing this, and really just sort of fell into just just using pencil and then color as a way of either highlighting things on the page or, um, designating things in the index. So Mm -hmm. I sort of made a little color chart of like, you know, uh, green is photo stuff like photo class related or, um, blue is other work things or, you know, yellow is personal things. And that's really as far as I go. Um, I even have sort of stopped doing, I did some of the like little month title pages that were a little bit more decorative. And, and I think that that's, I've settled into this is purely a, um, a, something to organize my work at school and a little, and a little bit of personal stuff, you know, like, I have my shared family calendar that we coordinate family things and I have my reminders app if I need to, you know, remember something at a specific time or on the way home. But, you know, the the way I really use it is, you know, here's my things this month and then I break that down into, you know, I over a two page spread. I have the days of the week, Um, each day is a quarter page. I have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday is one box. And then I'm left with two other boxes that are my to do's for this week and long-term things. And, you know, I start either the night before writing out, uh, like, like on Sunday night, I might write out the whole week with things that I know are happening. And then the night before each day, I'll check what I need to do for the next day. And then throughout the day, I just have it open on my desk and I'm adding stuff, or moving stuff, or crossing stuff off, and then at the end of the school day, moving it to the next day. Um, and I just, you know, sometimes I, you know, I have three classes of, of say art one. It, sometimes I had need to coordinate. Okay, I did it with this class, but I didn't do it yet with this class, or um, I need to do this for tomorrow or prep this thing. And I think, I think really, it's being a teacher that is made it necessary part of my day. And I think it r- really is important for the success of it, you know, to see whether it does fit into your life that if you sort of mm-hmm. force bullet journaling on yourself, and it doesn't make sense. Yeah. then I think that that's why maybe people aren't as successful with it or don't stick it stick to it. Because um, I have a sketchbook for sketching and, you know, sort of an art outlet. And that's where that takes place. And then I also have a pocket journal that I write down random notes in. Um, I, you know, I have, for a specific photo project, its own book, its own journal. And so I think if I try to make it do everything in my life, that's maybe where it isn't as successful. Um,
1: yeah. It can be whatever you want it to be, but it can't be everything.
2: Yeah. And yeah. I also, you know, I think there's even a little bit of awareness by people that do bullet journaling that sometimes it's the, the decorative part of it becomes yeah. <laughs> what you spend your time on anyway, instead of it actually serving a purpose in your day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you've had a lot of success in um, keeping up that I envy myself and I'm sure other people envy. So, You've sort of answered this question, but what specific advice would you have for prospective bullet journalists who want to you know be successful bullet journalists?
2: Yeah, I guess something that I've been thinking about my um is and I again it's something that I've only heard people talk about is the Gretchen Rubens Four Tendencies that's sort of a like uh, you know what is your personality and what is your tendency and trying to instead of transforming your person yourself into someone that you're not, trying to identify what your tendencies are and make that work for you. And so I I think I found that it was there were, I needed a, a kind of organization or a way to be able to reference things long term. And that's where it was valuable to me. I think the, the, the most valuable thing is, you know, I, what, I, what I was finding I was doing was keeping a sketchbook that was things I would demonstrate to students or writing down notes or notes from a meeting or uh, ideas for units that I would do with classes. And I would just move through that sketchbook and then I get to the end of it and I move on to a new empty sketchbook. And then I would be like, oh, I had this great idea for a, a unit I wanted to do, or, you know, I'm planning a unit across multiple sketchbooks or multiple pages and trying to flip through and find things. And so I think the most valuable thing for me is, you know, I have a like photo one long term is page 14 and 15. And so anything that's related to that class goes on those pages. And then if I need another set of pages, I'll put that somewhere and then put it in index And so for me, it's about cataloging ideas, um, and knowing where they live. Yeah. That is so valuable. Yeah. My general,
1: my general purpose notebooks, I feel like are only like, you know, within a certain date range. So I have to remember sort of the date of the, the time I had that idea in order to try to find it, which I think is flawed.
2: Yeah. And I think that also comes from, uh, you know, I'm a, as an obsessive photo taker and shooting like mm. lots of film, I have years of film that's sitting in a binder, very organized, numbered, yeah. cataloged, and waiting to be scanned, you yeah. know? So um, I'm very good at the organization, but I was finding in a lot of other areas in my life that the ability to cross-reference or pull from that in a very specific way was challenging. And so bullet journaling felt like the perfect way to kind of mine that, you know, all of that data in an analog way, you know, cause I could probably type these things and then just search my computer for the word photo or search for something and it could find it. Um, but I still wanted an analog way of doing that. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I love to pull up my phone and, and search, you know, a location for photographs or I know I was in New York at this time and I can do it instantly, but there, you know, I needed kind of an analog way of, of doing that. And I felt like bullet journaling was sort of the closest I could get to. Yeah. Um, that kind of cool. machine learning or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, before we button it up, um, Jacob, is there anything we did not cover that you kind of wanted to mention or talk about?
2: No, I think. You know, I, I think for me, it was really, um, you know, and I don't know, I, Tim, you've every once in a while kind of hint at the way you organize your week as a teacher. And, you know, I'm mm-hmm. sure it's, it's very similar. And I think the biggest thing, you know, to take away from bullet journaling is, like, is it the tool that fits your need? Um, and as as an art teacher, I write my own curriculum, essentially. And so, there was a need to um, be organized and at the same time, I, you know, I think like there's how many pages in these 250 about um, yeah, 250 and I'm only maybe a halfway or a third of the way there. And so I don't know if I get to the end of it and, and suddenly I'm finding that now it's across two books that might be hard or um, you know, filling up the index or something like that. But I think just finding a a natural fit to it and and not trying to live up to an expectation of what it should be or what social media portrays
3: bullet journaling to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's ex- excellent advice, and I think that's something that it w- would appeal to somebody like me who just doesn't, uh, <laughs> who kind of bristles at the idea of something having to be be one way. And just like anything, any any sort of thing you're creating, right? You you don't want to uh, be told it has to be one way. You want it to be your version of it. So yeah, um, yeah. So it's been it's been great hearing you talk about that, and for because I think that's that's given me a kind of a different way of approaching it or or at least thinking about it, thinking about thinking about it. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Get a little
1: (laughs) extra meta. Nice. Well, Jacob, thank you so much for taking your time, taking some time and coming and joining Johnny. I know that probably you don't really want to hang out with Johnny too much, but we appreciate you making that.
3: It's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what happened to me last time. I'll send you the bill. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, Jacob, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, so I have,
2: my personal work is at jacobacecil.com. And then on Instagram, my personal account is a teacher, And my uh, teacher account is r h h s. And I think those both live on Twitter, but they're literally just Instagram posted to Twitter. So there's <laughs> really you? not a need.
3: <laughs>
1: understand. <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much again. This has been really fun. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Johnny, where can people find you on the internet?
0: Uh, you can find me at pencilrevolution.com and on social media at Pencilution.
3: And Tim? You can follow me on Instagram at Timothy Wassum and I'm on Twitter at Tim Wassum.
1: Nice. And I'm Andy. I'm on uh, the internet at Andy. BTF and woodclinch.com and then on Twitter, Twitter and Instagram is at A. Wealthley. So this all of us collectively is the Erasable Podcast. Um, we are on the internet at erasable.us. Um, this episode, the recording and the show notes um, are at erasable.us slash <clears throat> uh, 124. You can find us on Instagram and um, Twitter and Facebook at, at Erasable Podcast uh, and then find our Facebook group which is 4,000 3,000 a bunch of members at uh, facebook.com slash groups slash erasable uh thank you very much and we will see you next time in two weeks